Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the executive editor-in-chief critic, joined as always by Ann Thompson, our editor-at-large. And you're back in Los Angeles, having traversed the East Coast. And when we last spoke, you were heading off to the Hamptons. So you survived the weekend out there. Tell us what you learned about the state of, uh, well, everything going on this fall stuffed into one week. Right. So, so what's interesting about these, these um, regional, if you like festivals is, is that they, they, they're part of the conversation. That one in particular, along with Mill Valley in California, which happens around the same time in October, sort of after the big fall festivals, Venice, Telluride, Toronto, New York. And so uh, Hamptons is on the Columbus day weekend every year, five days a little bit like Telluride in that sense, that it's contained over this holiday weekend. But it's three hours out on the island, and it is in this beautiful fall, you know, foliage setting, crisp air and everything. Lots of elderly <laughs> white people, basically. Yeah. No, I'm being mean. And Alec Baldwin, give him some credit. I love Alec Baldwin. He was fun. He's I, everywhere. I love his podcast. It's his best. And he did a great job, for example. Uh, he, I didn't see this, but he booked uh, uh, Brian De Palma for, for the tribute, you know, the Life Achievement tribute talk. And he did that. You know, it's not easy to interview Brian De Palma. I've been there. And then he also... <laughs> it's not easy to interview Alec Baldwin. I, 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 I totally. <laughs> I got it. I got a sense of him. It was interesting. I asked him, I asked, because I like his podcast. He's actually a very good, serious, uh, enthusiastic, and does his homework uh, interviewer. He's confident. Yeah, he's confident. He asks good questions. And he says that he yeah. beats himself up after every single one, every single time. He beats himself up for what he did wrong, which is sort of what I do. <laughs> You know, and then he um, but he interviewed the uh, writer, uh, director, the documentary director, um, Wad Al-Khatib uh, of Forsama, which I finally saw, which is a sort of part of the other Syrian know, it's film like the cave. Ball, yeah. It's a lot like the cave because they're dealing with hospitals under siege, um, doctors, you know, performing uh, life saving operations under siege. In this case, the doctor is yeah. her husband. And, um, and she's the filmmaker. And it was really um, distressing because they were rebels who were fighting for their country and under siege for five years. And you just see the destruction and the bombs falling and they have this little baby. Yeah. I mean, that's what the, the movie is, is a, a letter to the baby. It's her voiceover, right. sort of a letter to the child. I, I did a Q&A with them at the Metrograph, and it, it's a tough movie to ask questions about because it's it's almost like a diary film. I mean, she shot all this footage and is doing the voiceover. In that sense, it's, it's an interesting contrast to The Cave, which is also about surviving Syria in a hospital, in that case, an underground hospital, but is more polished and cinematic in a way, but I think they're complementary. They Unfortunately in this season the cave is a bigger movie, I suppose. But they're both good. No, they're both they both, both got things. a lot of support. So so um and I finally caught up with Citizen K, the Alex Gibney movie, which is excellent and gives you a great window into Russia. He's following one of the uh, oligarchs turned uh, Kremlin critic who was put in jail for, for ten years and um, and actually is in London now. So that was a fascinating uh, look at Putin's uh, quote unquote democracy. <laughs> and, uh, and then, um, uh, and I saw Lauren Greenfield out there. She showed the Kingmaker. Um, but what's interesting, these festivals give out awards also. And then they had the Netflix movies. They had the Irishman and Jane Rosenthal was there. Um, 
and uh, they had Marriage Story, and, and Noah Baumbach was there. And it's usually it's it's a stop after New Year, even right. though it's a, so they're building the New right. Film Festival. So when yeah. I spoke to David Nugent, he sort of explained how they've turned into you know very much of an of a of an Oscar uh, program, although there's other things there. Uh, I saw the the um, Camilla Marone uh, movie Mickey and the Bear, which was in South by, which they booked because it was part of their screenwriting uh, workshop uh, uh, the, and lab that they have, and and so they saw it and recognized. And this woman Camilla Marone is like a breakout star. Reminds me of yeah, Jennifer I mean the Lawrence movie is. Yeah, the movie is is, is smaller than yeah, Winter's Bone is. in a way, but she certainly it's it's a good showcase for her. And and I think what's I've I've been on the jury at the Hamptons Film Festival. I did an event there for Get Out a few years ago, which was really fascinating because Get Out is kind of a commentary on a Hamptons totally. type of white rich one. So <laughs> oh yeah, I mean we we had to acknowledge it up front. Jordan Peele was like, basically the movie takes place here, <laughs> but and the audience liked that. There's a self awareness of that, but it's you know it's a place for for affluent white people to a large degree. That's that's the environment, but it's also a, a lot of creative people, a lot of academy members. And so you can't not have the awards conversation be a part of it, but you can also do it in tandem with showing smaller films. And I think that's an interesting balancing act. Did you see that Bass a regional night? fest has? I haven't seen it. I know that was at, it was a back at Slam Dance. It's been sort of a, a quiet it's discovery. It's one of David Nugent's uh, passion uh, pickups. Yeah, it, it it was interesting. It's a first time filmmaker, kind of a roving camera thriller, uh, sci fi. Uh, you know, uh, what's in the sky? Are there air, aliens? Close encounters, kind of thing. But done with a really um, uh, unique uh, style. I, I, I can't say that it's a mainstream movie at all. It's more of a first time director discovery, but it was certainly it, it it'll be it'll be on uh, Amazon. I've heard that Soderbergh is a big fan of the, of this movie and I, and it sounds like the kind of thing where the filmmaker is sort of it's a great first feature to kind of announce this talent. Yep, so I'm, that's I'm excited what I just to check said. it out. For that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. I mean, I, I bet it's, I mean, I've been hearing it all year. It's like, it keeps popping yeah. up at like different places. I mean, it's played at genre festivals and it also played at Hampton. I have you know, a feeling you would get a kick out of it. it. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I think it's interesting. It's a little bit it. low budget primitive, which is what it is, but it with, within those limitations, he has a touch with actors and, and a, a sense of humor and and a lot of atmosphere and what he does with the camera reminds me a lot of the kind of things the shenanigans that that the Coens and Barry Sonnenfeld were up to in their early days. It's like it's like that. It has that tone. It's fun. Um, yeah, and just because I know again, I wouldn't make a case for it for a theatrical release either. You know. Well, I'll be curious to see how they get it out there. I mean, maybe they want to get into business with that filmmaker too, and just to support his I would next certainly project. That. You know, I think I think his name is gamble. Andrew Patterson, but I, I would certainly uh, check him out. Um, and then, so of course, these what they do at these festivals is give out prizes. So Mill Valley and the Hamptons Audience Awards went to the, another Netflix movie. Of course, we've talked about this all fall. They have a great lineup. Two Popes. A movie about old white people. <laughs> Stop the presses. You heard it here first, folks. I mean, honestly, the thing about Two Popes, I, I thought it was like funny in parts, but it's it's weird to me that that would be 
the defining movie for the, I mean, there, there must've been some other you know, movies up for consideration. Eric, I would say to you, so, did you know, by the way, on the subject of Jojo Rabbit, for example, which you've been tougher on than some critics, did you know that Taika Waititi was Jewish? I did. His last name is, is Cohen. It's Taika Waititi Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. I've been aware of that for a long time. I mean, I've, I've been following his career as a filmmaker for a long time. And I'm usually very receptive to his style. I, I, again, I mean, with Jojo, I found things to admire about it in certain individual moments I thought were very strong. I just found that the way in which it approached the satire at its core was just too simplistic for what it's setting out to do. And, and so the movie kind of crumbled as an overall endeavor to me, but that, so that was at Hamptons too. That played no, no, well. No, no, I mean, what not was at, the, not at Hamptons. Okay, I was just so bringing that up. It, so that other, so that oh, one is too much of a no. Curve no, I, I threw you a curve there. The other, I, ju- I just thought of it. The other thing that, that no, came up um, in Mill Valley, even if that's a very white universe, they went with Just Mercy as their audience award winner. Well, I mean, there's I and mean, it's not necessarily just like a race thing, but there that is a movie about. It is a, it is a very traditional kind of a crowd pleaser, even if it's some very somewhat underwhelming as Great such. So it's not surprising. Yeah, if you think about, it, I mean, these regional festivals don't necessarily have a big ripple effect, but they but they don't hurt when it comes to elevating certain films. And I suppose with maybe more with Two Popes and Just Mercy, you're seeing that this is a movie that that will play for that older contingency and perhaps have legs. And so that was the U S winner. Um, and the, yeah. so, so then, no, that was the overall winner. And then two popes was the U S winner. And then world cinema went to pain and glory. Um, so which is doing everybody's great. loving that. And one of the things that um, came up with Parasite, which has been playing more broadly and going to a lot of festivals and being seen and caught up with by more people. There are those, there's a slight Parasite backlash coming already. It's already arrived, inevitably, inevitably, along with a, Wrong along view. with an Armand White negative review, right? <laughs> um, I mean, of course, inevitable, you don't even, right? like, I could have written that for him. I mean, come on. It just makes me laugh. Um, but, but the, uh, the, here's the here's the criticism of of Parasite as opposed to Jojo Rabbit that or uh, Pain and Glory that it that it's a cold movie about people you don't like and I know that sounds like the most simplistic hideous way to describe a, what is a brilliant genius movie that I who, love. Who's saying that? An Academy who's member. This is this like, is who give us some, some no, details age no, background no, something no. I mean the person it was someone who loves foreign language films who wants in this day and age in this era that we're in right now to be given something warm and cozy and and fuzzy and JoJo was that film. Well, I mean, I I see that. And Pain and Glory is as what is, well. What What did this person think about, say, Irishman? I mean, that's all the Nobody's people in that seen movie that are pretty yet. bad. They haven't seen that yet. Oh, okay. They, they, this person hadn't seen it because I know it's it's playing around. It did the re, did a regional festival. Yeah, but it so hasn't hit the, the academy yet. Okay. They haven't had so, the so, but I think that the, and the, the, the in fact, the, the thing, Irishman I mean, premiere is coming up in LA quite soon. The 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 reason why I mean, on paper, I could see this argument panning up, but in, in practice less so is because it's actually a, a very emotional father-son story. I mean, the, it's not a cold cerebral exercise or something like that. I mean, it certainly has a lot on its mind, but it is 
not unlike shoplifter last year, albeit in a darker kind of a way, it has, it has a soul and it has, it is about the relationship between family members. I mean, I found it emotional. Didn't you? Emotional. Um, yeah, I get very it's a caught moving. up in it, it, but it's more about what, who's going to do it, what and who's willing to do what and who's willing to, to become um, more criminal and, and, commit murder yeah, i mean that's how there's you get a invested lot of, in of issues there that have to do with with how um badly people are are able to behave i'm fine i love parasite i have no issue with it it's just but a that, dangerous thing just... to apply critical standards to the academy okay but but what i'm saying so so this the academy the other uses thing is... other other ways of there are other in other words bombshell that just showed. All right, well, yeah, yeah, you know, bombshell is that's is a case of a something that is a, main, a mainstream movie. Jojo Rabbit is a mainstream movie. It won the Audience Award in Toronto. The, you know, it, it's just dangerous to over over speculate, over rate parasite. Not even engaging compared to what a mainstream movie may be able to pull off with wider but you're not even swaths of the academy. But you're not and engaging the. The elephant and the elephant in this discussion, which I know it's like the Voldemort, he who shall not be named. You still got to engage with Joker and all this. Joker is that a likable? Is anybody likable in that movie? I mean, come on, that's saying and, that. and you're saying I that's what Joker has a liability along the same lines that you're a, t- a huge liability along those lines. Uh, but the acting branch is perfectly willing to recognize that someone like Javier Bardem gives a great performance in No Country for Old Men or, or, or Heath Ledger in, in the original uh, Batman, uh, Black in a Dark Knight. That's, that's obvious. So, so, so Joker is a reflection of our times just as Parasite is. But it's not a critic's picture. Yeah. It's not something that's beloved by critics. And tell, it's not. It's not well, it one. Of, it's not yeah. high art as far as the critics are concerned. I think. I, but high I, art I, is I not think it's also for Oscars. In case Green Book hasn't come up. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't forget about the whole Green Book thing. It's not that long ago. But also we've had this cu- cultural shift where, I mean, the whole likability thing, I mean, e- with each passing year, we, we have to deal more and more with a new cycle involving terrible people running running the world. So that feels very zeitgeisty to me. And I suppose that's what Joker is, is and Parasite are, both fall into in a good way. You're tapping into that. Definitely. Yeah. And JoJo too. Jojo is Jojo is fascinating to me because it I think it's really an anomaly and I'm cur- I'm fascinated with how it's going to play out. I want to see it again not because I think it my opinion will change but because I'm I'm curious to see how different audiences respond to it. I saw it at that first Toronto screening and the audience was like they loved the movie before they even saw it, you know. So I, I it was not a good sample. I'm I'm just curious I, people do like aspects of that movie but i've seen i'm i'm not the only person who had a very mixed reaction to nobody says you were nobody says you were i'm just yeah remember I mean, that the academy has the crafts people and it, who tend to go very art film and it has the mainstream publicity producer um executive those groups tend to be more mainstream anyway bombshell is jojo mainstream bombshell did, I mean, jojo's mainstream yes it but won it's a the audience award, just like Green Book. No, I know. But I mean, is it mainstream from an Academy standpoint, yes. not from like a general TIFF yes, audience? Yes, 
because I mean, that's it's, why a, it's, it's so also predictable. A that's why the audience award in Toronto is so predictive of, and, and also I hate to say it, the critics choice awards, which are more broadly nationally, you know, a couple hundred critics instead of, um, you know, 20 or 30 in New York, however many you have. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it winning over the The New York film critics are not predictive of the Oscars. Well, but we've we've helped things in the past. You can't deny that. It's a different kind of thing than the regional film. You're influential. You're not predictive. There's a difference. Yeah. Well, no. I I think the the way it's described on the website is a a principled alternative to the Oscars, which is elitist, but proudly so. (laughs) So you gotta you gotta embrace that kind of stuff. Uh, Your job is not to push movies for the Oscars, Eric. No. No. And certainly, I I only film critics. It's. I only think of it in those terms if there's a movie that I think could benefit from the additional exposure the Oscars might bring. So, well, I, and then speaking of which, there's a movie opening this week that I like quite a bit, not Jojo Rabbit, The Lighthouse, and we've talked about Back that before. I'm so, I'm so curious to see how this movie plays. I mean, it, it's not as, as, it hasn't divided people like Jojo, but it does have detractors and it has defenders and i i'm from i, the I think it's extraordinary i think the movie is is amazing filmmaking and amazing acting and i'm a huge fan of it at the same time that i don't think it's an academy movie at all unless so, so tell us why is it just too funky Pattinson and, and uh, uncomfortable is what it is it's assaultive it's a little bit like uncut gems in that sense they're very similar in that way well it's not as assaultive as uncut gems is it, it i mean it's think it's about it's, it there's it's, there's the, the, there's you know defoe has has dirt piled on him in a grave uh, sure it's, it's dirty but there's it's mermaid fucking i mean there's all sorts of yeah that, that's why it's so awesome but also you gotta admit it, it looks gorgeous it is I mean, uncut gems looks great too but it, it's like you feel the sweat it's black of, and white of, gorgeous. Of midtown new yeah, york people and, will appreciate yeah. the uh, uh, all right academy members who actually see the movie will appreciate its many virtues i think the actors are the most likely to understand how good defoe and pattinson are but those categories so, so are that's so where they see it brutally competitive and so they're pushing pattinson for lead and defoe for supporting which which is interesting i mean so defoe's got nominated the last two years right florida project and then um, eternity's gate he wasn't a front runner for so one has to assume that gives him quite a good um momentum coming into this one as long as people go to And see he was the nominated movie. even before that for um, Shadow of the Vampire. I mean, it, it, he keeps getting platoon. clothes. Right, right, exactly. So it's like this has been a running thing for him, and he's never won. And I know you're saying it's competitive, but getting him back into that category, I don't know. I mean, it's just like it's got to click at some point, right? He is really great. I mean, he is he's sort of so supporting, great. but and the language, the language is brilliant. Also, these are physical. He's a Melvillian. These are uh, physical performances yeah. that are extremely oh, challenging. Yeah. Um, so you've got to give him um, 
Yep, Platoon. I just wanted to double check. Yeah. But Pattinson is is also, it's like the narrative with Pattinson keeps getting more he's compelling. Taking, he's here, being taken of, more and more seriously as a as a real actor. I'm yeah, not sure and, he's As there he yet. should be. Um, <laughs> I'm not, we'll see. We'll see what happens. He, he is, well, I mean, what's also, I think, kind that of. That category, he's not going to get nominated. That category, I mean, I'm going to, I support him, but that category is tough. Well, I mean, but I'm not even sure De Niro gets in. That's how tough it is. Well, but but it's some, somebody of uh, somebody could. So, I mean, when you talk about these really busy categories, it's not like a surefire bet, right? That somebody could slide in momentum and create an opportunity for for something more off the wall. Well, if you look at best actor, to, I mean, right? You've got Leonardo DiCaprio for uh, the Tarantino movie, and then you've got Brad in supporting. And you've got um, De Niro for The Irishman, which could be considered a legacy nomination for his totally. entire career. And, and because he's actually very good and in the he movie. Is. I mean, he is, but he's reactive. Helps. He's passive. He's not as showy as Pacino and Pesci, who I'm more confident are going to get nominated in supporting both right. of them, which knocks right. out They're two places really in the supporting actor race. And then yeah, you've got Matt, Matt Damon win, and, so. and Christian Bale and Ford v. Ferrari. See, that to me, it's like I could see somebody being like less in, intrigued so by nominating good, Matt Damon. I, I mean, but Damon, I don't know. He's he's okay. I mean, I, I was not as wowed by this performance as, as I think really maybe good. some people he, were. The, the it's, emotion it's a, of the movie is in the Bale performance, the heart of it. But Damon is part of that emotion. They, they I find him more reactive than what you said De Niro's reactive before. I thought that found Damon to be very reactive in that movie, in that respect. So it's not bad. It's just, you know, relative to, say, getting Robert Pattinson in there for Lighthouse, you know, I would I would say that that's more of an, uh, a, a performance I would advocate for, you know, over the Damon thing. Okay. But I understand but you're got, talking about something else I think here. Ford v. Ferrari will be a big hit and it'll play really well for men and and there are more men in the Academy than any other kind of person. <laughs> That's a whole other which thing, brings yeah. brings up this whole other thing that we uh, read about today in the New York Times. Uh, Asia Kate Dillon, uh, one of the stars of Billions, who I've interviewed and who I think is fabulous, uh, non-binary actor, wants to be considered... Um, wants to, to suggest that we should get rid of gender uh, distinctions in the acting categories. What do you think of that, Eric? Well, we've done this in our critics poll for years, in part because it just it opens up broader conversations about performances worth talking about. But in terms of, from a cultural standpoint, I think it is... And it, it is a, a good direction. I think the challenge is that making a change like this doesn't really reflect the possibilities in play. I mean, if you made the change right now, maybe in, on the TV it's a, side is a different kind of question, but in terms of the trans performances that would be worth talking about, it, it, there, there just wouldn't be enough to really have this make a difference. Whereas if you have best actress and best actor, you're, it allows you to consider a broader range of performances. I agree with that. Right now. And I think for now we have to give women a chance to have those slots because especially this year, 
I mean, there's like what I 10 would say men. Is if, there's, a, there's more than 10 men who are viable best actor candidates and supporting actor, and there's way fewer numbers of women. They need the, the attention. And there would be movies like The Wife or um, Still Alice, Sony Pictures Classics movies, both of them, um, Julianne Moore, um, Glenn Close. They wouldn't have picked up those movies and put them into, the, into release if they didn't think they had best actress nominations down the line. We haven't really seen any of any of these questions put to the test. I mean, if we had a really powerful trans performance in a movie that had an awards campaign behind it and, you know, the actor had transitioned, the question of what which category to submit that person to should be up to the actor and that, you know, if that came up as 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 a as a question and it, and it obviously would be nice to get to a point where it does come up soon, then I think the Academy should be open to allowing that to be the, the decision of the actor. So that's, that's something that should be addressed. But again, I think the, the question here about whether or not the Academy should change its, it's, its categories altogether, I think it. that it would, well, they, I think they will end, but they they won't do it in the immediate future because we're because not at a point. They want more people. To be right, up. it just doesn't. It would narrow the, they should the have 10 nominations for each of the categories, which would make the show even longer. Yeah, and then it's that just, would be well. That's a problem with the Emmys, right? But, but that's where like the too much attention stuff. is. That's where the yeah. audience building potential is. Is is in the stars that you have on display. I mean, at, at the end of the day, you and I are not the people who can completely, you know, assess this question for on the on the personal kind of challenges of, you know, what, what does it mean to be a trans person and not see this process really reflecting how you identify? And that's something I think that everyone they has to be totally sensitive to. No question. It's, it's a conversation that's going to have think, to be an ongoing I think it has one. made Asia Kate Dillon uncomfortable that they have to pick a, a, a gender when they, when they vibe yes, for awards. Exactly. And I think they've picked uh, exactly. acting, best actor when they've done it. But, but, but it, 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 I don't, I mean, practically speaking, I don't think the Academy is going to make those changes anytime soon. I'd like not, to see them talk not about them. Soon. That would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe find other ways of acknowledging, you know, gender fluidity. I mean, can you, who, who can you get to present the awards, that kind of stuff? I mean, not, not to do it as a tokenist kind of gesture, but just look for opportunities for inclusivity as much as possible when it comes to this. Absolutely. Stuff. So in terms of uh, performance stuff, so you alluded to bombshell. I I'm seeing it over the weekend, but can't talk about it critically for a while, but give us some indication of just how much of a, you know, sort of surprise awards player this movie is. It's interesting. I had dinner um, uh, last night with a, with, with a publicist who was sort of describing how each new movie shows up and explodes, you know, into the, into the whole conversation and the race. In other words, when Irishman uh, was finally viewed uh, at, at New York, uh, at, you know, now we know it's in the race. It's taking slots. Mm-hmm. It is going to be a factor. And Bombshell is too. Uh, especially among the actors. I think uh, Charlize Theron will definitely get uh, a Best Actress slot. She's absolutely fabulous as Megyn Kelly. The makeup job also will be nominated. It's the same guy who did the makeup for Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour and won the Oscar for that. And and it's extraordinary the way that that this makeup artist transforms uh, not only... um, Charlize, but uh, Nicole Kidman and um, and John Lithgow. John Lithgow plays Roger Ailes. He'll be nominated too. He's amazing. 
He's not like this oh god, god villain at buzzing. all. No, he's, he's in his way. You can see how how someone like Megyn Kelly actually you know leaned on him and got along with him and and relied on his his counsel. It's it's just that he's also this this vile harasser. <laughs> it's not funny at all. It's just it goes on and on, and you see, and and Margot Robbie is so good in this in a supporting role that I think. She, her, her character is a fictionalized one. I think she will uh, be nominated for a supporting actor for this with the Tarantino movie pushing her into. There, there is somebody who has a lot of, yeah, so much goodwill behind her and is sort of the, yeah. is now sort of in that sweet spot. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I, and the writing I saw is the good. It's, it's, you know, it's Charles. Um, it's the guy who wrote the big, Charles Randolph, who wrote the big short. Got Oscar. Yeah, I mean, it always helps. That's sort of right. A lot of research that, that and he went did into Vice thing as well. Right. No, he didn't. That right. was, that well, was McKay. No, yeah. the, the 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 Vice point of comparison that's come up is is one that I think it will be interesting to to circle back on because obviously Vice was not universally beloved, but was a certainly an, a major awards player and got a lot of nominations and stuff. This is very so similar. But you know that it. Jay Roach has done this kind of thing before with Game Change and Recount, and he's gotten right, great he's performances for people like Julianne Moore and <laughs> Laura Dern. He is well beyond the guy who made Austin Powers these days. He kind of found And Trumbo a, did better a, than anybody yeah. thought it would. That's true. That's true. He is. He has found a new. Yeah. And, and the other thing that that's, I, I'm sort of intrigued to see. So I saw that movie at Telluride, The Assistant, which still doesn't have distribution and isn't playing other fall festivals. But that dealt with, you know, being an assistant to Harvey Weinstein in a really fast Another way. Me too. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of fascinating to see this, the first wave of movies kind of turn, putting this into a narrative context in a way that audiences can actually engage with and not be completely turned off by and flee from the theater if they go at all. So it sounds like this one, this one has pulled it off. So I'm very curious about it. And, uh, and you know, the, the season's about to get more interesting this time next week, I guess we'll have the opportunity to talk about first reactions to little women, which is about to screen and, on, and, uh, on Wednesday of next week for the first time. So little by little, we'll start to hear trickles of reactions. Although, again, that's another one like some of the other fall films that have yet to be reviewed that are under embargo. So I'll have to choose my words delicately. But I'm looking forward to talking through that one with you, Anne. And uh, I guess next week um, we'll, we'll be able to look ahead to the other things around the corner, AFI Fest and, and other kinds of I'm sure there will be some other headline-breaking items that we'll be able to dig into. But uh, enjoy the weekend. I know you're getting a chance to see some it's Elton John or something like that. Uh, <laughs> Rocket Man is oh, getting a event. Oh, yeah, that movie. <laughs> well, we can talk it through next time I see you, but uh, have a good time. Thanks.